How many of you know living by vision sure beats living uh, by fear and wandering in the wilderness? Many people have yet to learn that, but I'll tell you what, if you'll live by vision, if you'll get on God's track, everything goes smoother. Now, you might get some interference with the devil, but, but your life, I mean, th- there's going to be things that are going to come to pass in your life that could never come to pass otherwise. And it's so important that we understand that. So we, we try, I try to bring an understanding. I try to help lead you into a life of discipline because I am making disciples or disciplined ones and uh, of you because I'm here on Jesus' behalf as the under-shepherd under the great shepherd whose job it is to make you disciples, to perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, to equip you for the work of the ministry. And you can't do ministry if you don't live by vision and you don't live by the assignments of heaven. If you're living by your own direction, if you're going to do it your way, you know, Lucifer said, I will do things this way. In other words, he he was full of self-actualization, self-assertiveness, selfish ambition and and I'm going to do this and I'm 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 me 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 but you know it really is what would you have me to do lord how many of you want to live that way how many want to say not my will but thy will be done see because his will is so much better for us the children of Israel they want to do their will they wanted to uh, size up God and say you're wrong God those giants are too big and those walls are too big we're right you're wrong in essence that's what they were saying such arrogance incredible arrogance and so humility says lord i i see those big giants i see those big walls but nothing compares to what you say that's what i'll do see and but if you don't know what god says how are you going to follow? And I really believe it's important that we, we live by uh, vision and have goals and all these things. But I want to look at something very interesting that I always read every year. Dr. Mark Barclay, he is our SMTI guy. And uh, he, is, he is just, you know, I, I look at Charisma Magazine. I look at a whole bunch of predictions for 2016. I, I look, I get online, you know, last year, predictions and prophecies for 2015 and, you know, I look at a bunch of the, you know, because usually it's charisma because the other, you know, the evangelicals don't even believe in prophecy. But you look and you see a lot of things that are they're stated and, and a lot of them, and it's, and it's sad because a lot of them aren't even scriptural. And, and a lot of them, you judge it, you know, you, you, you prove all things, you judge all things, you hold fast, that was true. But let me tell you something about Dr. Barclays. Dr. Barclays come to pass. When I read the things that he's saying, I know he was a special forces guy. He went in and took people. I mean, he, he's done a lot of things. He's, he's in direct contact as a federal marshal, uh, undercover federal marshal for the federal government. Uh, he's been a p- pastor for probably 30-some years, maybe closer to 40. I don't know. Uh, he, he has ministered. He has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sons in the faith and ministers in hundreds of churches. Uh, about 500, actually, uh, to be precise. Um, he goes down to Monty's church. He goes up to Randy Leib's church, out to Kerry Gordon's church. We use his SMTI. He goes up to uh, Shane Philpott's church. He, he's a man who has great prominence among the charismatic world. And he has a predict. He uses, usually every year, he gives a prediction for the oncoming year. And how many would like to hear what he has to say about 2016? I get curious about things like that. You know, I'm not some prophecy chaser and, and, and you know, 
oh, I, I got to have a prognostication for my life this week. But I do like it when true men of God are sensing things and they feel the need to share it with the body of Christ. I really believe that Dr. Barclay falls into that category. So let me, I'm going to read these. And he's got about, he's got 25, so it's kind of lengthy. So can, can we hold on and, and just be patient and sit through and listen? All right. Well, they're good. Number one, Dr. Barclay says this, a dark tempestuous cloud of filth and sin will cover the earth. Oh, gee, that's a great way to start out, Doc. The day of the Antichrist. But, I'm so glad that he said but, there is also a bright glory cloud covering the earth as the day of Christ. Run to the glory. Amen? I think that's good. How many of you are seeing that there seems to be dark, darker than ever before in America? It seems like there's more demonic activity. But some of the, the, the believers that I run with are getting more and more sanctified and, and more serious and more disciplined and, and more, you know, it, put, let's, let's you know, put away childish things and let's grow up and be real believers. They're ready for that. They want to move on. They want to really be the remnant church. They don't want to be the fall away, you know, go to hell church. And uh, they're ready. That's the glory cloud. Can I get an amen? That's the glory cloud. That's what we need to be running to. I, I want to run with those people. He says, we're on a verge of a spiritual awakening. Number two, many will hunger for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and seek out those churches and preachers who can baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And of course, he means not like they do it, but lead people in that. Good, good enough? I mean, we all understand that, right? Okay. Number three, only a supernatural move of God, which some call revival, can change our nation and turn us back to God. We must pray and live. You know, I know that more than I know anything else. It's, you say, well, Pastor Bill, you're a big politics guy. Well, I, you know what? That's a necessary thing. But let me tell you something. Only revival is going to change our nation. But you know what hinders revival? Having evil at the helm. That hinders revival. See, one, one great person, I can't remember the quote, he, he, said, he said this. He said, it's not so much that the leaders of our nation, the civil leaders, can bring us revival, but they can sure hinder it. And that's what's happening right now. We just need them to get out of the way and let God have his way. Amen. Number four, it's time to be loud. <laughs> you said, well, that's you, Pastor Bill Young. Signed to be loud, a loud witness and a loud resistance against the attacks on our Bible and our faith. God will demonstrate himself strong on behalf of those who take a real stand. Boy, it sounds like Dr. Barclay. It stirs up in me those classes I used to sit in for four hours every afternoon. Three and a half, how many hours was it? Three hours? Three hours every Sunday afternoon for three years. I feel that same anointing when I hear him t- talk. That here's a guy with a backbone. I love it. The true church will prove we will not water down the truth, change our environment, and ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit in order to appease the worldliness of a rebellious, sassy, disrespectful, and socialistic young generation or for anyone else. And that, that, that's not an attack on young people, but there is, there is a movement that's attacking young people. That's not an attack on young people. But the socialistic, social justice, um, uninformed, low information millennial out there doesn't even know they're under an attack. Amen. Let's go on to number seven. Most pastors and teachers 
will be caught up in the people collection, or the church growth movement, you could say. And truth will be kicked aside. Only a few voices will be loud and confrontational. We will see a new bold resistance to political correctness. How many of you notice that's already happened? Donald Trump, thank you. He's really been bringing that uh, under the, the light, and, and it's not quite as hip to be politically correct anymore. Cowardly, worldly preachers and pastors will allow more sewage <laughs> to enter the church right under their nose and on their watch. The spirit of Antichrist desperately wants the church. If you can take out the church, you've taken out God's army. Not parachurch, I said the church. As the Bible is more and more dethroned and discredited, even by many ministers and reductionists, and reductionism is endorsed, in other words, reducing the amount of time praying, reducing the amount of time in the Word, reducing you know, time really in, in worship, the unruly Antichrist movement will run across our country and in many places even overrun the weak, sick, and timid church. Those, those things we, we need to be aware of. Number 10, the rebellion against God and all authority, including the police. How many of you noticed this attack on the police? Will be more organized and more dangerous. There will be more rioting in the streets and blatant displays of conflict in classrooms. Amen. 11, the elections will bring moments of peace and settling but it will be a short-lived America will again display her passion for sin and an anti-biblical lifestyle. There's a lot of anti-biblical lifestyles out there. It says in the last days, they will profess that they know God, but in their works, they will deny him. Do you know that your mouth, you can say anything you want with your mouth, but God will look at your works to determine whether you're denying him or not. God will look at our works, and that will determine whether we're denying him. Not our mouth, not our, our phony, cheap lip service, but there will be truly an assessing of our works. And our works we will take with us into eternity, the Bible says. It says that in the book of Revelation. All right, 12. As the Antichrist spirits run across our country, ransacking all that is stable, many Americans will act as though it's a victory for their filthy lifestyles. And the majority of the church will remain quiet. And that, of course, that's the hyper-grace movement that's highly heretical. If you look up some of the older definitions of heresy, literally it says to make that which is peripheral, peripheral paramount, to make that which is paramount peripheral. In other words, majoring in the minors or minoring in the majors. In other words, all that something has to be to be heretical is a misemphasis. And we see a great misemphasis right now. No pursuing of holiness. No purging ourselves that we might make ourselves a vessel of silver and gold and of honor. Okay, let's look at this other one, number 13. The allowance of secularism and reductionism by spiritual leaders will literally propel America's drift from Christianity to paganism. One of the country's biggest threats. You know, a lot of people don't, don't know that they might be practicing pagan practices. They, they do it unknowingly. How many of you know paganism doubles uh, in America every 18 months, the number of adherents to paganism in America? Paganism is hip out, out in, the, in the secular culture. How many of you know Wiccan is paganism? How many of you know New Age movement is paganism? When you dissect them down and you look at them and you dissect what they're actually saying and believing doctrinally, you see that this is 
purely a parallel with other more ancient belief systems that are purely pagan. And when you really dissect it and find out, when you test all things, prove all things, and hold fast to that which is true, you'll find out even a lot of things in the church are very pagan right now. Judgment will fall on some who defy God, and they will be treated as unclean Philistines. God will not destroy America as a country, but will deal with the vile and the filthy on a more individual basis. Some will fall dead in judgment. Number 15, there will be a strong move to outlaw guns. But murder will continue until we turn back to the Ten Commandments and the God of those commandments. Murder is of the heart. Jesus Christ is the only answer. Do away with guns, then knives, then clubs, then stones. But the immoral heart lives on without God. You know, the Bible says, he who hates his brother is a murderer. The sin of murder starts with hatred. And it goes on, verse 16. I mean, number 16. America should prepare for disappointment as the health care program continues to fail, taxes rise, and parts of the government cheat and lie. I, I read an article today about China and how it's... it's economy is literally collapsing and China's economy is help holding up our economy and uh, if it collapses we, we probably go too and talking about all, all the things that are going on right now in the world economy and how cheap oil is driving the price down but there's going to be an abrupt turnaround because Mr. Putin is going in and, and he's going to change a lot of things and because they are highly dependent upon oil, selling oil to the rest of the world so they're going to do some things in those oil-rich areas. And uh, anyway, so there's a lot of things that uh, we need to be prepared for. Kurt's prepping class, a lot of the things that uh, we looked at for 2015, I think are all right, but maybe are going to be a little bit later than what we thought. So what do you think, Brother Kurt? You agree. All right. The presidential election will consume our time with news it will... And in excitement, but not fix any real moral issues in our country. And, uh, oh, I, I missed 17. America has drifted to the time of the judges, and our courts will once again prove it. Many of these so-called protectors of the Constitution will actually belittle it and set it aside. 19. Political correctness in America is dying, like a villain in an old Western movie. It may get up a couple of times, even stagger some, but it will fall to the ground. <laughs> You ever seen any of those old Clint Eastwood, John Wayne movies? They always did that. But anyway, uh, Dr. Barkley must watch old westerns, which wouldn't surprise me. Number 20, you will see the beginning of the gathering of countries positioning for World War III. We're already seeing that. 21, pray desperately for the peace of Jerusalem. The world is forcing her to respond to its threat with Armageddon-level force. 22, we will see evil and terror groups advance as our government remains sluggish and extremely slow to respond and resist them. 23, China, Korea, and Iran will continue to push the border expansion and a greater bullying influence on the world stage. While terrorist groups advance without too much opposition, America will seem like she is on the wrong side once again. 24, Russia will continue to catch everyone's attention as she tries to achieve world dominance. 25, many Christians will hear the call of 2 Chronicles 7.14 and will be found at the altars of God in deep and fervent prayer. Yes, I believe there will be some, some Christians who will heed the call of prayer. And uh, God's going to bless their lives as a result of that. So, amen.
Anybody get anything out of that? Is that interesting? That's Dr. Barclay. That, and that's, you know, I'm just reading it. I'm just the messenger boy. Don't look at me if you disagree with it. Uh, Pastor Bill didn't author those things. Dr. Barclay did. So uh, you can call him up and tell him if you don't like it. So anyway, you know, writing down our goals, and we're going we're gonna to bring the prayer board out here too. What we're going to do is if you have not written those down, I'm going to give uh, you, just an exhortation that we need, we really should write things down. You know, Habakkuk, it says, I'll set my watch and I'll see what it'll say to me. And I will write the vision down and make it plain upon tables that he that readeth it may run with it. Job twenty two twenty eight says this. You can look at your little sheet right now. Thou shalt also decree a thing. That means to make a formal, formalize it, uh, documentize it. And it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. How many want something established in heaven? How many of you want to have some things that you're, you're believing for established in heaven? Established here on earth. And what, you know, we, we believe thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, decreeing a thing says it'll be established unto you. So, if we don't decree a thing, does that mean it won't be established unto us? I don't know. Seems kind of like it's saying that. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. How many of you want illumination on on your life? You know, it says, and they love darkness. It says, they didn't say thy word, he giveth light, and he giveth understanding to the simple. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet, and a light unto thy path. So we need light. Proverbs 16, 3 and 9, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. See, it keeps talking about our thoughts. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. And then it talks about our thoughts shall be established. Have you ever felt like your thoughts were all over the place? You know why that is? Because you haven't gotten God's will on it. If you don't know, you know, if, if, you know I bet there was a hundred different responses by all the guys that went and they looked at the giants and the walls and, and you know, uh, they're too big and the wall's too big and, and I didn't like the one guy, I didn't like the giant with the blonde hair. I knew he, he would really be nasty to deal with. And, and, and I don't know, you know, if, but if we don't go in the promised land, what are we going to do? Uh, maybe we should go back. Uh, well, maybe we should just stay right here. Well, maybe we should just keep looking for another place to go to. Well, maybe we just need to decide and all of us break up and just find our own place. And, and uh, you know, th- there's a hundred different options when you're off God's will. How many of you know, like in math, you know, two plus two equals four. Two plus two with the slash sign across the equals is infinite set. What two plus two does not equal is infinite. There's infinitely wrong answers. There's infinite options when it's not God and when it's not right. But when it's God, how many of you know there's only one way to go? Two plus two equals four. It doesn't, it doesn't equal a whole bunch of other things. And, and God's will is this. It isn't a million different things could be. And, and I really believe that you'll get established. It says that the righteous man, his heart is fixed and he is established. Say fixed and established. Amen. So I want to commit my works unto the Lord and have my thoughts established. Then you go down to verse 9. It says, And a man's heart devises his way, 
And here's a good thing, but the Lord will direct your steps. You, you, even if you devise it a little bit wrong, how many of you know God will get you on the right track? If you'll devise a way, God will direct your steps. If you don't devise a way, I don't know if God's really obligated to direct your steps. Because we've got to draw nigh unto him before he draws nigh unto us. Let's draw nigh unto him with where we want to go in life. And he'll draw nigh unto us with the plan that he wants to give us to go there in life. See, I believe that many are saying, well, when God shows me, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. That doesn't work. I'm going to tell you right now, that does not work. Oh, when God shows me, when God reveals, seek me with all your heart and strength and mind, and I'll be found of you. That is the ultimate abdication, cop-out, charismatic cop-out, that I'm just waiting until I feel led, till the Lord comes. No, little brother and sister, you need to be seeking. You need to be seeking God. It's arrogant to make God come around to you. No, we need to seek after him. That's arrogance. Like God's got nothing better to do than to, than to try to get your attention. And, and it, no, no, it's us that need to seek after him. It's us that need to go find out from him. We're to enter boldly into his throne room, not he into ours. That is so important that we understand that. Many, many Christians don't understand that. I'll be real honest with you. We need to seek after him. We need to commit our works unto the Lord, and our thoughts will be established. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord will direct his steps. You know, we've got a lot of scriptures that tell, well, I just don't hear from God. I don't know. You know, it says, be not unwise, but know what the will of the Lord is. It says, be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Everybody say, be filled with the Spirit. Many times we don't know what the will of the Lord is because we're not filled with the Spirit. We need to get filled with the Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Be not unwise, but know what the will of the Lord is. See, we can know, call upon me, and I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. John 10, 16 says, my sheep will know my voice. If you never hear his voice, you need to find out if you're one of his sheep. You need to be checking up on who's Lord in your life. Sheep means one who's submitted to a shepherd. Somebody say amen. amen. Jeremiah 29, 16, when you seek with all your heart. Habakkuk says, I will sit on my watch and I will see what he'll say to me. In other words, he took time out. He, he probably was fasting. He was praying. He was seeking God to find out what God would say unto him. As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. We can be led by the Spirit. We can call upon Him. He'll show us great and mighty things. If we're a sheep, we can hear His voice. If we seek with all of our heart, He'll be found. If we'll sit on our watch and see what He'll say, He'll speak and we can write it down. If we're wise, we can know what the will of the Lord is. Jesus, He was filled with the Spirit and then He was led. Well, you got to be hearing from God to be led. So it's a matter of seeking God. It's a matter of taking time. So I really believe that tonight, as we take time, uh, I'm going to ask you right now, everybody, to take a few moments. If you've not, how many of you have written your goals down? Now, we talked about that Sunday. The whole sermon was about writing down your goals and preparing for tonight. Some actually did it. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. So let's take a few moments, and I'm going to have uh, Kurt bring the board out, and we're going to go ahead, and we're going to pray over the board, and... Uh, We're going to take time.
to write the goals. How many of you need a few minutes just to write some goals down? Spiritual goals. You know, I've got things down there like I witness to a person every day. Try to witness, be a soul winner. That's one of my goals for spiritual. You know, I've got things like pray an hour a day, memorize, uh, and do some things. Witness to at least one person. Mental, read a chapter uh, every day, memorize a verse every week, and write some things down. And I've got some goals for the month, physical things, you know. I was able to meet some goals physically this last year. I was able to meet some goals with family, with finances. Uh, able to meet some goals vocationally, serving and being a part uh, with some things that went beyond the church. Uh, financial, uh, had some really wonderful supernatural things happen over the past year. We've had amazing things happen, Our, just financial blessings that came to us. And then just sacrificial serving, uh, continue to serve as Rama director, family leader, pastor, American Pastors Network, been asked to take over the American Pastors Network leadership, president for the state of Iowa. And, you know, we, we just, we, we need to endeavor to serve. Can I get an amen? When, when we choose to make some goals, God will begin to fulfill. So I'm going to just take a few moments. We're going to just pray in the Holy Ghost for the next few minutes. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. And we're not going to all just come down right now, but I'm going to lead us in prayer. And as uh, we're, we're praying, if you haven't gotten yours, you can write them down. If, if, you, if you don't know them yet, but then we're going to bring them down. We're going to commit them. And you might have to commit it like, Lord, I don't know what they are yet, but I'm going to commit these seven categories to you, and I'm believing that you're going to reveal them to me. We can do that tonight too, amen? And so I just believe that whenever we get to committing things to God, God will begin to start revealing things to us. So I'm going to pray for this first, and then while I'm praying, you, if if you're still, you know, seeking, just go ahead and write down some of those goals. You can just take a few moments. And Father, we just pray. And Lord, I pray for those who are writing down goals. Father, I pray that they take seriously. Uh, this, this is a great honoring of you, Lord. This is a great giving our ear to our Heavenly Father. This is a great way to say, Lord, we're giving you our life. This is a great way to say, uh, speak and I will listen. This is a great way to say, um, I will make you Lord and follow the things that you want me to make goals. I will take the assignment. I will run with it. Send me, Lord. And Father, we just thank you that when we do seek, and that's why we have a service, is because you command us to seek. Father, we can, we can say it and, and we can give lip service to it, but we can consecrate a whole service to doing that very thing, very tangibly with a sheet of paper, very tangibly with a pen, very tangibly calling upon you, very tangibly writing it down and believing and beginning to create an action plan to synthesize these things into our life for you, Lord. And Father, we pray for these on the board, these who are backslidden, these who are lost, these who do not know you, those who have no resistance and defense against satanic and demonic forces over their lives. So we come now and we bind those forces and we break the power of the devil. We say, devil, you cannot steal the word from their heart. You cannot blind their eyes. You cannot send wicked and unreasonable men to derail them and despoil them as bad company. 
And Father, we break the powers of those spiritual forces sending wicked people, stealing the word from their heart, blinding their minds and the eyes of their understanding. We bind you forces of darkness and we say, you can't have them any longer in Jesus' name. We break your power over them. And Father, we say now, instead of wicked forces coming, we say angels and labors are coming. And now we send who's supposed to be around them. And Father, we send by the power and the authority that you gave us, labors, because you commanded us to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send labors. So we pray it. And we've got your promise. The labors will come. They will speak to every man as they ought to speak. Some, Father, by uh, compassion, another by fear. But seasoned with salt, speaking to everyone as they ought. And Father, we declare that they'll have repentance through sorrow, some. Some will have repentance through just knowing your goodness. And Father, we pray that these labors go forth effectively with the word of God and the spirit of God, with signs and wonders. Behold, thy threatenings, God, and grant unto thy servants that they speak with boldness and signs and wonders are done in the name of the Holy Child Jesus. Father, we pray these things and we ask these things now. And now we just speak the names. And I'll just go ahead and the ones that you, maybe you're praying for, some that you've seen on the board, Father, we pray for Ellen Dar, we pray for Michael. Father, I pray for Jim and John, Jason, Ryan, Nathan. Father, I pray for Donald Chance, Ben, Mike, Amanda, Ron, Shane, Cole, Zach, Brian, Father, uh, Charles, Fred, Kyle, Daniel, Becky, Jaron, Mike, Kristen, Chris, Rose, Father, Rosie, Alex, Jathan, Michelle, Alvin, Jim, Justin, Father, all of these, Tom, everyone, Father, we lift them up to you now. Bring that supernatural conviction and sorrow under repentance, that realization of your goodness under repentance, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. All right. How many of you need a little bit more time just to write? And we can just sit and just take a few moments. How many of you would need some more time to write down? Some of the goals that you believe God's showing you. Anybody need more time? Everybody good? Awesome. If you don't have them or you don't feel like you're ready, uh, I would say just keep seeking God in this week. But try to get them done this week. Put, put a deadline on yourself. Re- require yourself to get something uh, done on a deadline. That's really good for you. It forces us to be disciplined ones, disciples. How many of you want to be a disciple? Does anybody want discipline in your life? You know, most Americans don't want any discipline. They, they completely resist any type of discipline. They resist order. They, they resist any submission. They resist anything that's strong. They love weak. They love rebellious. They love slack and, and, and lazy. And, and, and that's just part of our culture. But, you know, you're going to have to stand against the tide if you're going to be used by God. Make yourself a vessel of honor. Purge yourself. Make yourself a vessel of uh, meat for the master's use. Make yourself a vessel of gold. Make yourself a vessel of silver. Receive discipline from those who God has put into your life as uh, those who equip you and, and receive it with joy. You know, it says a fool hates correction. You really define yourself. A fool hates correction. But it says a wise man welcomes it. How many of you welcome correction in your life and, and, and want to learn more and to, and to be really iron, sharpening iron, becoming an excellent person, being the best you can possibly be made into? How many of you, you know, I love strong coaches, I love strong coaches that, that got after and says, hey, 
<laughs> you know, I, I could expect this lame level of performance, but then that would really insult who you are. But I'm going to compliment you and say, you can do much better than that. How many of you know it's a compliment when somebody says, you can do a lot better than that? I think highly enough of you to say, you aren't even half at your potential. I could just say, yeah, you, you know, you're a good loser. Stay down here where, where, where you don't have to be disciplined. And, and that's really who you are. That would be it's such an insult to me. But what really compliments me is when somebody says, you know, you're a lot better than that. Come on up hither. Let's, let's, go, let's go a little harder. Let's go a little bigger. Let's get a little better. Let, let's get a little more discipline. Let's receive a little correction. Let's, let's up the ante a little bit here. Is that okay if we do that? Is it all right to think with excellence? Is it all right to do things with excellence? Amen. I, I really believe that. I think that we should think that way. So I hope everybody uh, is ready. Let's all come down to the front, and let's make our committal to the Lord. And then let's go ahead. Oh, my gosh. And then we're going to go down and have some fellowship and some food. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, we've done the first part. We've, we've written it down. Is it okay if we just obey the Bible and do what it says with just simple childlike faith? And I, I'm just simple enough. I'm just going to write it down like God says to do. You know, is it magical, Pastor Bill? Is there some type of magic writing it down? No, it's not magical. It's obedience. How many of you know obedience changes things? It's not the magic like you're, oh, there's a power in, in writing it. Ooh, the words, it's an ink on paper. It's just ink on paper. It's the obedience. Everybody say obedience, obedience. to do what God says. Because God knows we need to have a guide. Otherwise, our mind kind of gets all undisciplined and wants to wander in the wilderness of life. But if we've got a vision and we tack that thing down, and you know, I'll wait and see what he says to me, and I'll write the vision down. So that he that readeth it may run with it. Reading it and run with it go, goes together. How many of you know that? How many of you know if, well, you know, I was going to read it, and you know what? I can't remember what it said. How are you going to run with that one? But if you wrote it down, you can go back and you can read it again. Amen? Amen. I forgot some of the goals I put down last year because I kind of the last several months, I kind of forgot to look at my goals. But I'm really glad I had them written down because I noticed I had a whole bunch of them come to pass. And some of them I really need to work on still. And those are carryover goals, and I'm still going to hold those goals for this year. Amen? I'm really glad I wrote it down because that way I can keep track and I can monitor my, uh, how can I say, my increase or my uh, success in seeing goals come to pass.